Welcome to Hispanic Marketing and Public Relations, HispanicMPR.com. This is Elena DelVal, and my guest is Hamilton Brown, who is Senior Brand Manager at Procter & Gamble Company. Today we will discuss Gain's first web novella. Hamilton leads the Gain Fabric and Home Care mega brand with sales of over $1.5 billion. He's responsible for the delivering business sales, volume, and profit and profit objectives, development of business strategy, advertising, and leading multifunctional teams to deliver consumer-inspired innovation to the marketplace. His previous assignment was as a global brand manager of Old Spice. Hamilton's business leadership accelerated the brand's global footprint through the delivery of product innovation and advertising campaigns that drove share growth around the world. He was the co-creator of the Man Your Man Can Smell Like concept, featuring Isaiah Mustafa, which won five Khan Leons. Prior to his career at Procter & Gamble, he worked as an architectural engineer for four years with the Smith Group. Hamilton is a resident of Westchester, a suburb of Cincinnati, Ohio. Hamilton, welcome. Thank you, Elena. Thank you for having me today. Pleasure. Let's talk a little bit about gain and the Hispanic market. This is an, an audience that is of interest to you. Is that right, the U.S. Hispanic market? Yes, yeah, correct. It's, it's, it's not a new phenomenon, neither. Uh, Gain's uh, business is, uh, makes up about, uh, Hispanic consumers make up about 30% or more of the Gain business. We've been talking directly to uh, this consumer demographic for almost 20 years now. How would you define that market segment? When you say 30%, would you fine-tune that for us a little bit? Are you talking about within the 50 million-plus Hispanics in the U.S.? Are these the highly acculturated? Are these the much less acculturated? How would you describe, if you can, the typical gain consumer within the Hispanic market? So w when I mention 30%, I mean 30% 30, 30 of our sales can be accounted for from the Hispanic consumer in the United States. Uh, and this is a mix of acculturated and non-acculturated uh, individuals. Uh, that's why our packaging has both English and Spanish on the packaging. So we account for both uh, groups as a uh, enter into the United States or if they're multi-generations. Do you know which, within that, what percentage of that 30% is highly acculturated or however you segment it? I don't want to make you segment it in any particular way that I'm mentioning, but rather how do you segment when you look at the U.S. Hispanic market? Do you look at it by level of acculturation or by language preference and consumption uh, by generation, how do you subdivide that market? Well, we, we don't necessarily subdivide the market because when we communicate with Hispanic, the Hispanic consumer, our advertisers are in Spanish. We, we just started into the foray of having both English and Spanish. We're playing with that dual language type of advertising here in the coming future. But most of our advertising is in Spanish already. So whether you're acculturated or unacculturated, we're, we're able to relate to you and speak to you in a meaningful way. Can you match a number to that percentage? In other words, 
30% of your U.S. gain business is the Hispanic market. Can you give us an idea of what that is in terms of people? How many people does that represent or households? Yes, I, I can. Uh, I don't have the exact data in front of me, but I can get that back to you uh, here in a, in a very short while. Sure. So I can't give you the exact number of households, but I, I, I can tell you uh, that we're overdeveloped. So I will get that to you. I just have to have my data in front of me uh, to help you with that. No problem. This novella, and, and for purposes of our discussion, when we say novella, we're not talking about a work of fiction. When we say novella, we're talking about a type of soap opera that is popular among Spanish speakers and in Latin America. Is that right? That's correct, yes. Where was this concept born? <laughs> this concept was born out of... Uh, you know, I, I work very closely with a couple of agencies who specialize in the Hispanic market. Uh, Fleischmann Hiller is uh, our PR agency, Lapiz uh, Advertising Agency. In addition to our team, my team is a very diverse team. So we have, uh, you know, we represent all cultures on our team. And as we were sitting around thinking about, hey, listen, we have great advertising that's on the air that uh, is a, creates a meaningful affinity with the Hispanic consumer. How can we go deeper? And we always challenge ourselves each year, year in and out, to figure out how to go deeper, whether it's in the mobile space or in this space where, uh, with the novella. The novella is a very popular form of entertainment uh, with the Hispanic culture. It's something that as Hispanics come to the United States, is one of the things that uh, you know, they would love to see and, and relate to. So we said, let's try our hand at that to figure out how to integrate the brand in a meaningful way in a popular form of entertainment to de create a deeper connection with this consumer. And so we just tried, we, we, we went for it. And when you say you went for it, you're talking about a serialized sh short snippet sort of program that's available online via YouTube. Am I understanding correctly? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, we chose YouTube because YouTube and uh, uh, Facebook and mobile is an emerging form of communication with this consumer. Uh, you know, the Hispanic population is early adopters of this. So we said we want to hit the consumer where we're in the most re relevant form of uh, communication in the most relevant media vehicles, and those two worlds kind of matched up very well for us to do that. So we just don't take you know, any form of communication and just put it out there we're trying to be very deliberate in making sure that we deliver uh, the content that we're trying to develop in a way that is culturally relevant and in a touch point that uh, really makes sense for, for uh, our consumers to engage in. In terms of this particular novella, which is your first one, right? That's correct. It's our first one. What would you say is the profile of the the target audience, you're reaching out to Spanish-dominant women, I'm assuming, in the United States. Would you tell us about that? Yes, we're reaching out to Spanish-dominant or bilingual uh, 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 Hispanic women in the U.S. ages 18 to 45 or so, uh, folks who have been exposed to this form of entertainment, uh, whether it's uh, through family connection or from their home uh, land uh, from which they've come as they've uh, immigrated into the United States. The segment that I caught, which I believe is the third segment 
which was the the series was released in May 2013, right? Was about five minutes in length. Is that the yes. average length? Yes, each episode is about five to six minutes in length, which is uh, great for us. As you look at YouTube as a channel that is emerging in the marketplace, it gives us the ability to create longer form types of engagements versus a 30 second or 15 second commercial. I mean, if you can imagine doing a six minute commercial, <laughs> it's going to be quite expensive to put on air in regular TV formats. The series, for lack of a better word, is called The Scent of Love or Aroma de Amor. Am, am I translating that correctly? Uh, that is correct. Scent of Love? The scent of love, yes. And the scent in this case is the play on words for the laundry detergent scent. Yes, it's for the gain scent, yes. So we're featuring laundry detergent, we're featuring our what we call our fabric softener, and our newest product to the gain family, uh, our scent beads, or what we call gain fireworks, which is a scent booster to those two forms. Scent beads? Yes, scent beads. It's called gain fireworks. Scent booster, so it's a small bead of product that has scent enhancers in it that you put into the wash with your detergent, uh, and it enhances the scent. It actually makes the scent last up to 12 weeks of clothes that are in storage. It enhances the scent from the laundry detergent that you're using already? That's correct, yes. So you have to use the, the gain beads in conjunction with the gain laundry detergent? Yes, that would be most ideal to give you the best experience, yes. Otherwise, it would enhance the other laundry detergent scent if you don't use the gain, right? Well, you know, we prefer our consumers to use our gain regimen. Uh, that's how we maximize the ability to give them the scent experience that they are used to and what they love. So consumers time and time again, whether it's in our social media or in letters to our company, uh, always, add, always uh, uh, give high uh, 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 accolades to the scent experience that the game brand delivers, and that's where we focus. Right. I, I was just trying to understand what the beads do. They don't have any scent of their own. They just enhance the scent of whatever laundry detergent. No, no, the, 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 the scent booster has a scent as well. Oh, okay. That This is what I was trying to understand. Okay, so yeah. you would use the scent beads with the laundry detergent, and they both have a scent, so the combination of the two is going to have the longer-lasting scent effect. That's correct. So our, our laundry detergent already has a great scent experience already. What we've, what we've found from what consumers have been asking us is say we want more of the scent that we love. So we figured out an innovative way to give you more scent without giving you more and more product because our product is already very good. We wanted to add another form to help you use it to enhance that experience. Okay, now I got it. Going yeah. back to the series, this is a serialized five-minute per segment advertorial program, entertainment with promotional products built into it? Yes, but the... the, the, the the promotion of the product does not hit the consumer over the head. So what we want to prioritize here is we want to create a form of entertainment with an engaging message and story plot, and GAIN is an enabler of that. It accompanies that message. It's not like we're going to hit you over the head with 
deep product details or what each product does. What we wanted to show is the product in use and consumer and, and it's part of the hero uh, uh, of the experience or, or, or part of the plot that creates the climax of the story. But we also found that consumers do not want to be sold to. They want to be endeared to the brand. They want to have a high affinity to the brand. And that's what we are, are very mindful of. So we, we don't want to uh, hit one, anyone over the head with strong sales of our products. We want people to be encouraged to use our products because they find it relevant. They find it that our communication is something that I want this brand to be a part of my life. And we, we are using that uh, as the number one driver by which we engage with our consumers. You know, I love to create lovers of our brand, not just people who transact with us. How many segments have you produced or are you planning on producing for the Scent of Love novella? Well, this series will have four episodes. Uh, we've aired the first episode and the second episode, and we just aired yesterday the third episode. We have one more to go. It'll be coming out in a couple of weeks. And then it ends. And then it ends, just like most novellas, unlike the U.S. soap operas, the last 30 and 40 years, the novellas give you a great story for a very short amount of time, hoping uh, that we execute it in a great way, leaving consumers wanting more and more and more, and hopefully we'll bring that back uh, in the future with another installment, ideally. So, Hamilton, is this a little bit of a beta test with uh, this four-episode novella to see how the audience responds? Yes, I think you could say that. It, it is, you know, we're, you know, my job is to always innovate in, in, in marketing and communication uh, to create a higher affinity and association with the brand. We think that if this is successful, this is something we would take in consideration of, of doing again. Okay. So would you tell us what the plot is, what's going on in this Scent of Love four-episode novella? Sure. So we have a couple of key characters within this. Uh, there's a one beautiful young lady named Blanca who's a Spanish-speaking uh, secretary uh, to an individual named Pedro. She works for him. He's a successful businessman. He's, he's, he's making great moves uh, in his career, and she worked for him. Uh, and she has another friend, which is her best friend called Marta, uh, that she has, and she, that where she's talking about a very dramatic day at work regarding uh, Pedro's shirt. And his girlfriend, who is who who we call like the uh, the the villain, if you will, uh, is someone who is very demanding of Pedro. Uh, her name is Clarissa, and she uh, has a high sense of jealousy, if you will, uh, which is kind of typical in these types of uh, forms of entertainment. And she notices that she, she sees Blanca having a great relationship with Pedro. They have a lot of chemistry, but it's very professional. It's not like they are trying to create a relationship or anything like that. And she's trying to find ways to uh, undermine that type of working relationship, which is very collaborative and respectful. And she uses... Uh, uh, an errand run that Blanca goes on to go get a shirt from the cleaners uh, for this major event that they're both going to, Clarissa and Pedro, and it smells like the cleaners. So this is where Gain Descent comes in with our products as the hero to freshen the shirt. Clarissa gets very upset with Blanca, Blanca and, and threatens Blanca that you messed up his shirt, the shirt that we're going to go to this great event with, 
and she's very upset, and Blanca, who is a very unassuming individual, uh, says, listen, I will take whatever I can to fix the shirt. Give it to me, or I'll buy him a new shirt. Now, the crazy thing about it is, is that Blanca is a very unassuming individual, but in reality, she is quite wealthy. She's actually the uh, 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 grandchild of the owner of the company, but she's learning her world. She's working from the ground up, and is a very humble way. So no one knows that until the end, which we'll reveal uh, in the last episode. So this so is why the power, the freshness of the brand, uh, is the hero from Gain that turns this this shirt that was perceived to be ruined into a, the freshest smelling shirt that he's ever worn. Who does that? Uh, Blanca takes the the power of Gain's freshness. Cleans his shirt, takes the the awful smell that comes from you know uh, the the initial cleaning of the shirt, and makes it fresh again. What was the production of the novella like? Where where did you film, for example? Uh, we, we filmed the production of that, I, I believe, in the Miami, Florida area. Uh, I'm, I'm checking now because I was not on set for that. And how many people were involved in the in the series production? Do you know? We would say people in terms of characters or just agencies and teams or. Uh, I, yes, I meant staff from your team oh, and your agencies. In, oh, it was in Los Angeles. Got it. It was in Los Angeles. Okay, so it was filmed in Los Angeles. There are four yes. characters only, if I understood what you said, Blanca, Pedro, Marta, and Clarissa, right? Uh, that's correct. So how many of your production staff and your team staff and agency staff, how many people were involved in the project? Oh, I mean, there, there were several. You know, I, you know, we had about thirty plus people involved in this project. And how long did it take from beginning to post production to get the whole four episodes planned and finalized? Yeah, we we started producing this uh, in terms of brief in and finalized. It took about four months or so. Uh, you know, we, we started earlier this year, calendar year 2013. So it was a very fast-moving, fun project for us in order to air it before the end of the, before the spring, or in the spring, rather. So the entire four series air in May of 2013, right? Yes, yes. So the briefing, the plot development, the script development, uh, was roughly about two months. We did the filming in about three days. That was fast. Yeah. What can you tell us about budget? I know for a lot of people that's a sensitive subject, but maybe a range for the project or per episode, whatever you're comfortable sharing. Are we talking about a million dollars for the project? What can you tell us? I mean, that's quite flattering, but you know, we, we typically do not share those types of details given the competitive environment that we're in. Okay, so nothing at all about the budget. What kind of expectations do you have, Hamilton, in terms of the, the, the staying power, the loyalty or following that you might gain, no pun intended, with the scent of love 
novella introduction, what what are you expecting to to accomplish? Our, our number one priority is to continue to grow affinity and engagement uh, with our Hispanic consumers. So we, it, it's, it's not a necessarily a, a, a pure business sales or volume type of objective. Uh, our, these consumers are very loyal to our business. We want to continue to grow that. Uh, and this is all about, you know, great marketing, great communication efforts to drive affinity with the brand. And how will you measure that? Well, we'll measure that through a couple of ways. You know, the number of impressions we get uh, from some of the, the media pickup in the marketplace, we will measure uh, that via, you know, how many people are interacting from, from views on the, uh, of the, of the programming, programming that's been dedicated in this manner. Uh, online uh, via YouTube, chatter via Facebook, things like that. In addition, you know, we, we just had a great Twitter party last night uh, talking about the series where over 3,400 tweets were exchanged and about 153 people attended for an hour, an hour and a half of engagement on talking about their experience looking at the novella. How did you promote the the whole series how did you get the word out to the audience that you were doing this? Because this is the first time that you do it, right? So you didn't have existing channels. You didn't have an existing audience. How did you go about driving the, the, the audience, informing the audience? Yeah, so we're going about driving the audience in, in, in a couple of ways. One is we are supporting the novella online uh, and also via mobile banners. So we have online banners and mobile banners. Uh, we're using an entity called MaxPoint Interactive, which has an ad network to distribute banners uh, and drive folks to YouTube. Uh, we're also using uh, Ads Mobile and Google AdMob, in addition to a lot of blogger outreach as well. So that's via Twitter parties. We have Twitter parties. I mean, we have a hashtag called uh, hashtag Aroma de Amor, uh, and also gain at Twitter. And we're also using some of our own channels like our, our website, ILoveGain.com in addition to Facebook. Are you planning to continue the series or to do another series? Well, you know, the, the future uh, is wide open, so we'll see. Well, for those of our listeners who have watched the series and are interested, what would it take for you to consider extending it or starting another one, what kind of results would drive you to consider it a success and continue? Well, I mean, if, if our fans are requesting, uh, say, hey, we loved it and uh, the series and we want to see more, we'll take that in consideration as we go through our planning season uh, next year. I mean, you know, we have a very strong social media pulse uh, with our consumers and the groups uh, via Facebook. Facebook uh, feedback, YouTube comments on our channel. Uh, you know, if consumers are requesting it, you know, we, we like to delight our consumers. We'll see what we can do. Is this type of serialized program something that you have done for the mainstream market? Not, not in this construct, no. I mean, the novella is specific to the Hispanic consumer, uh, in terms of this form of entertainment and, and, and format, so uh, what we he, our number one objective here is for 
the consumers that buy our brand, which is all consumers, uh, uh, you know, we try to de develop relevant and uh, meaningful marketing or communication types of campaigns that relate to them in a great way. So I would say this is not something that is one size fits all uh, per se. It is, you know, we take our time to really understand, hey, how can I go deeper with this consumer? Have a greater relationship with them now. You know, it may be music in one fashion. It may be uh, doing a webisode series, uh, 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 something on comedy in an, in another way. It could be the novellas which we're doing here with the Hispanic consumer. Is there any indication that English dominant and bilingual Hispanics may have an interest in a similar series in English? I have no indication at this time. Uh, right now, no. I mean, we're going to be doing social listening to see, but uh, but what what we've done to uh, enable ourselves to meet both worlds is that we have the Spanish-speaking portion of the novella, in addition to English subtitles at the bottom uh, of the screen, done in a very neat and, and, and uh, clear way, so that uh, English-speaking consumer who's heard anything about the novella and wants to check it out on our YouTube channel, they can do so and also engage in that as well. So the scent of love is got dialogue in English and subtitles, I'm sorry, dialogue in Spanish and subtitles in English? That's correct, yes. What would you say was the biggest challenge of the Project Hamilton? I think the biggest challenge of the project was creating a storyline uh, that was true to how a novella has been developed uh, and, and which made it successful, and then integrating the product messaging in an organic way uh, that made sense that did not come across as a fail. So we, we had a three-pronged approach in terms of what is the most gauging storyline that we can say that is tried and true with the, the, the historical development of this form of entertainment. Two, do it in a way that the brand can be integrated in a manner by which it's not coming across as selling, but as a part of the story plot, it's an enabler for the plot to unfold. Uh, and three, you know, make great fun, engaging entertainment. What would you say so was this the... This not a commercial. This was not a commercial. This was a form of entertainment to figure out how to extend our ability to add messaging to our repertoire. If I understand correctly, it's a, it's an entertaining program that has built into it a promotion of the products, but in a soft sell. Is that I right? would say, yes. I mean, you're saying soft sell. I would say organically it's a, it's a hero. It is, you know, it is that tool that Blanca uses to help deliver uh, on what she's trying to accomplish uh, as part of the plot. So, you know, we, we, we do not say, oh, by the way, you know, I use gain detergent, I, get, I did this and I did these steps and all that. No, you just see her engaging in a great conversation with her best friend regarding this dramatic day, and you see her in use of the product. And then you see the reactions that everyone has as they smell the, the, the shirt and they say, wow. So we, we, we believe that the consumer, as they're engaging in this entertaining content, will take away the fact that, hey, wow, you know, this product has to work if it did it in this particular uh, uh, plot. So, you know, 
and then we go from there. The consumer is interested in learning more about the brand, and you know, they have the natural environment to do so, whether it's uh, via YouTube or looking up the brand online uh, on their own uh, uh, fruition. And I do have that number now in terms of the number of households that Gain Laundry uh, has. It's about 2.3 million uh, Hispanic households. So the 30% that you were talking about when we first started our discussion represents 2.3 million households? Yes. Hamilton? So of laundry only, it's about 2.3 million. But of all of our other forms, you're probably going to get in the 5 to 6 million range. Okay. So we have, we're, in six, we're in several different product categories. I just gave you the laundry number. Just so that we are all on the same page, the Hispanic, the U.S. Hispanic market represents 30% of the gain business. And in relation to laundry specifically, that's 2.3 million households. In relation to all gain products, it's closer to 6 million? Uh, roughly, yes. Is that still 30%? Well, if I take in the full mega brand, it's a little bit more than that, you know, you know, because we have a product called Gain Laundry, Gain Liquid Dish Detergent, like dishwashing hand dish detergent, which is primarily marketed to the Hispanic consumer. So we, you're looking at numbers of 40 and 50% uh, penetration with those consumers. That business was launched about two years ago. So still a very young business. It's still growing very rapidly. And you know, it takes some time for us to get settled numbers as it goes up and down very frequently in terms of the purchasing of that particular product. Now, obviously, this is a market that you are dedicating time and energy to. Is this a market that you would expect to continue growing in the coming years? What, what do you see? I, I know you don't have a crystal ball, but what are your expectations for, say, the next couple of years? Uh, can, I, I, I didn't follow you all the way. Can you repeat the question? Of course. I was saying that the U.S. Hispanic market seems to be a market that you put a lot of time and energy into. You've created the series that we've been talking about, The Scent of Love. You've just shared with us that you launched a product specifically targeting that market segment. So this is obviously a market that's important to you. And my question is, what are your expectations for the U.S. Hispanic market? Are you expecting this market to continue brand loyal to grow, et cetera, in the next couple of years? Absolutely. We believe that the brand loyalty, in addition to the Hispanic consumer continuing to have a relationship with our brand, We'll continue to, I think we're just scratching the surface. I think we're going to continue to grow as long as we do our job of making sure that we're relevant, we reach this consumer in a meaningful way, and we respect the culture, uh, I think we'll be fine. We'll be very successful. We'll build on the success we've had for the last several years. Within the U.S. Hispanic market, Hamilton, where do you expect the growth, if you know, to be in the English-dominant, Spanish-dominant, bilingual, do you have any expectations where the greatest 
potential for growth, consumer growth, in that line of products that we've been discussing will be? I mean, you know, I don't distinguish it that way. It's hard to go to market and say, oh, I'm only going to market to English-speaking Hispanic consumers. You can find them, but that is that takes away from looking at the, uh, the, the macro basis of how can I drive relevancy with this culture and this demographic of consumers. So we speak in English. We speak in Spanish. We have bilingual uh, language on our packaging. So I think we're, we're using it in a manner by which we cover every form by which you want to engage with the brand. We try to do that. Our advertising is in Spanish. However, for those consumers who want to be reached in English, we'll use English subtitles. If you want to read in English, we have other books, uh, other forms of communication that you can do so, that you can flow in and out of your culture from a language standpoint. Our messaging is all relevant uh, either way you look at it. So if I stand correctly, the efforts that you engage in to target the U.S. Hispanic market specifically or separately from the mainstream to, up to now mainly focus on a Spanish-dominant or bilingual audience. Is that correct? Yes. I mean, if, if the consumer speaks English, then our, you know, everything's relevant. But we have built an agency structure. We have... You know, we have the diversity in our team to make sure that one, we're relevant. Two, we have advertising that is going to be meaningful and culturally uh, insightful, uh, and we deliver it in that manner. So, you know, I, I don't want you to feel that we need to segment uh, our approach in marketing to this consumer based on a language preference because we cover all language preferences. Our number one objective is to be culturally insightful. Uh, be insightful about the product experience we want to deliver that's going to delight this consumer and reach them in a way that's meaningful and relevant. Okay, I think I hear you. You don't want to focus on language. Is that right? Yeah, not only, no. Because what? If, if I know, if, if I understand based on what I learn about any consumer that they want to be communicated in a certain manner we will deliver our messaging the best way we can in a way that's relevant for them. Whether it's the vehicle, whether it's online, via mobile, TV, something like a novella, or if it needs to be in English or Spanish, we will do what we need to do to reach them in a meaningful way. Okay. So if I understand correctly, the English-dominant Hispanics among your customers, you feel you're already reaching with your mainstream efforts. Everything's mainstream for me. So the Hispanic consumer is a large portion of my business. I consider them mainstream just like I consider an English-speaking African-American or Caucasian individual consumer of our business. They're mainstream. We run our brand in a very unique way where every consumer is important to us. We make sure that we have messaging that is relevant to them, is insightful, and we use the use of humor in addition to a product experience that's centered around something that's universal uh, that we believe is great, which is our point of difference for the brand, which is around a senate or sensorial type of experience. So when we, use, when we pull those two things together, we believe that we create a product experience and messaging or communication experiences that are going to be relevant, 
that will be on trend and that is something that is meaningful and real to that consumer because that's what we believe is going to create lovers of a brand. What insights or suggestions would you share with our listeners, Hamilton, who are interested in improving their connection with Hispanic audiences in their own fields, in their own space? What, say, three tips would you share with them based on your experience in your company with that you have taken away in trying to connect with consumers, and in this case specifically with Hispanic consumers, what takeaways, what tips would you share with them? Well, the first thing I would do is, one, I will will have an appreciation of the culture. And in order to do that, you must immerse yourself in the culture, meaning you can't uh, learn about this consumer reading online only or doing research behind a glass. You have to go spend time with any consumer target that you're dealing with. In this case, with the Hispanic consumer, I've done parties with these uh, with the Hispanic consumer. We've done we've gone to eat with them. We've gone to share with them with their families. We've talked to them not only about the game product, but we've talked to them about what's important in their lives. We take that all in. So get to know the consumer in an intimate and meaningful way. And that takes time and that's going to take a lot of effort. And you can't do that arm's length. You've got to get right there with them. The second thing I would say is don't take for granted how meaningful and important it is to deliver messaging that builds on those insights that you've gained by having an intimate connection with the consumer. And the third thing I would say is make sure that if you know who this consumer is from an insightful way, you have taken the time to learn who they are, and you've built and you've heard what they desire in terms of how I want to be talked to, the types of product experiences I have, then go deliver that for them and be true to that. So do not follow fads. Do not follow uh, any stereotypical assumptions about them when you can take the opportunity to really learn and know them. And have fun. What would you say was the biggest takeaway from this project, the biggest success, if you want to call it that? I would say the big, biggest success is that when, when you are uh, uh, striving to be a marketing or communication innovator, you have to be open to all forms uh, or, or tools that are at your disposal to communicate in a meaningful and relevant way with any consumer. For the Hispanic consumer, I, I know of no brand to this day that has tried to go and create a novella and figure out how to integrate your product messaging in in a way that is meaningful and is not creating an oversell. So as an innovator, we seek to go and look at ways by which we can leverage our cultural understanding of the consumer and figure out new and unique ways to create a relationship with them that they are willing to engage in. And that will take you beyond the tried-and-true 15-second, 30-second type of ad. Thank you, Hamilton, for joining us from Cincinnati, Ohio. Thank you so much for having me. I've enjoyed it. And to our audience, thank you for listening to Hamilton Brown, who is Senior Brand Manager at Procter & Gamble Company, who discussed Gaines first novella. Please share your suggestions, questions, and ideas by leaving a comment on the HispanicMPR.com website. If you or someone you know would like to be on the show, you can email me directly 
at editor at hispanicmpr.com. That's editor at hispanicmpr.com.